0: Oh, there's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment in covering the Indianapolis Colts. That is how Chris Ballard ended his pre-training camp presser. And uh, just, I just got that feeling sitting in there. I was like, oh, God, I don't know. So He's about to say something. Sure enough, he did. Kevin Bowen back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner across the way. The Ultimate Pro, a future uh, big league, play-by-play man, just, uh, you'll you, you'll hear his name one day, it's Brendan King.
1: I mean, that's a hell of an intro, I don't know, I gotta live up to that now.
0: It is, and it's in audio form, not in <laughs> written form, it's in audio form, but I mean it, uh, you know what I think, and uh, happy that you are joining us. Chris Presley, unfortunately, a little bit of food poisoning, so he is under the weather. Food poisoning for CP? Yeah, I said a little no, Chinese no. action, a little oh. Chinese food got to him, so uh, unfortunately, uh, you know the old Matt Hasselbeck uh, quote of you know coming out of the attic and the basement. I don't know if CP's there. Uh, we won't. We don't. We don't need to give any more visuals of that. So but, there's no uh,
1: flu game for CP. Today. No,
0: no, no game six uh, <laughs> to say the least. But I'm very happy that you're joining us. Uh, you guys have heard Brendan on our airwaves, 107.5 The Fan. Um, like I said, an absolute pro and a a star in the. Play-by-play realm, and you happen to be at the presser today uh, with, I don't know, 15, 20 of us in a room up at Grand Park, and so it kind of works out well that CP was out and... Now you're sliding into the big chair.
1: Talk about being in a room full of stars, though. Yeah. You,
0: Holder, Wells. Like I, I, I don't know about stars. Egos, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I don't know about stars. Uh, Greg Doyle in one corner, Mike Wells in the other. Mm. You know, yeah, I don't know if there's enough uh, to fit everybody in a room when you got those two in there.
1: Yeah, it's weird. I met Matt Taylor face-to-face for the first time after talking to him. Oh, like, really? Uh, over was... 12 times on the air. No yeah. Doubt. So that I was mean... – tr- it's weird because – I haven't been here that long, as you know, right? and like meeting some of these people face-to-face, it's the first time in three years I have. I know. I um, saw a few of these guys
0: and gals back in the spring when we were out there for a couple of open spring sessions, but yeah, I kind of was reminded, man, uh, we are really annoying in that media room because all (laughs) we do is talk and none of us get any work done. But when Chris Bauer walked in, uh, there was work to be done because he quickly got... Um, to the topic at hand. We'll cover that. Uh, I do want to touch a little bit of Jim Merce's comments late last week as well. And then, as always, Twitter questions. Um, Just so everyone is on the same page here, we're recording this late Monday afternoon. Tuesday morning is report day up at Grand Park. I will be up there for that. Wednesday is the first practice of training camp. Um, As always, written notebook every single day, recapping practice, up on our website, 107.5 The Fan. We have daily video content on our YouTube page, 107.5 The Fan. And when it permits, we'll be here, Kevin's Corner. And we're here right now because that was the big news of the day. Let's start there, BK. Um, When Chris uttered the phrase, something to the effect of like, you know, there's always something. I just am like, holy shit. Yeah, What, what is he about <laughs> to say right now? Like, is Carson Wentz retiring? Right. You know, that was my first thought. But Frank Reich, as I'm sure you all have known by now, has tested positive for COVID-19. We'll try to go over the quick hitters. And then I think the bigger topic at hand here is just how this impacts a team right now that doesn't have many vaccinated players compared to the rest of the NFL. So um, if I miss anything, feel free to jump in, Brendan. But... Tested positive, not a false positive. Multiple tests to confirm this positive test. He is asymptomatic. Uh, He's fully vaccinated. Uh, They found out late last week. And he's got to test a negative, I believe, for 24 hours. Mm. So two back-to-back tests um, for him to be back in the building and on the practice field. So right now they're expecting him to miss the first four practices. That would be Wednesday through Saturday and then return on Monday, off day on Sunday here for this first week of training camp. No interim head coach for the time being, Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coordinator. You know, for those of you that have been to NFL practices, as you know, the special teams uh, has a lot of time off during practice, so Bubba Ventrone will take on a few other responsibilities. And then as far as the media, we'll just switch on uh, on and off with the coordinator. So Marcus Brady on Wednesday, O.C., then Matt Debra flew Thursday, just kind of go back and forth there. So not like a... You know, Joe Philbin for Chuck Pagano. I guess I should say Bruce Arians for Chuck Pagano, sort of situation back in that interim days. But um, anything else, I guess, stand out to you about that part of it before we get into I'm trying to think of anything?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that room. And actually, more than a pin drop, the moment he said COVID and Frank Reich together, everybody's head bowed down straight to their computer, and there was nonstop. To yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, typing. Yeah. Um, mice just finding yes. cheese. <laughs> that's really what it was. Literally, uh, I don't know. So, I have never heard Ballard speak in person. Oh, really? So I really enjoyed it. I tried to yeah. soak in as much as I could. He's a great, but, great. Oh, talker. it was awesome. Yeah, candid. Even though we kind of had to wait an hour, but that's you know that's okay. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it was really interesting when he started to go into that, and I thought he brought up a good point that. Frank's just going to what he was used to doing last year. Right. They were so used to doing Zoom that if he's got to do four practices and like debrief from four practices via Zoom, I mean, it's what we've done for the last year and a half. Yeah, you know, a few
0: things that immediately popped in my head is one, what does this do to Carson Wentz? Just because I do think Frank's presence on the practice field is critical for Carson. Is four practices gonna be the difference in in Carson Wentz, you know, looking like An all-pro QB and looking like the QB we saw it in last year, no. But that was the first thought that popped in my head. But to your point, Brendan, you know he can attend all the meetings just virtually, of course. And then you know on the practice field, I assure you, he will either be watching practice live or he will be watching it very quickly Mm -hmm. as soon as practice gets over. Um, Right now, the Colts have one other positive test. It's a. Not a player. It's a, it's a staff member, and they don't believe this is related to Reich because basically Reich tested, what did Ballard say, Thursday or Friday? Thursday. I think Thursday. When he tested he positive. Out. The Colts weren't even at Grand Park at that point. I think that was the initial test to simply get to Grand Park. You know, right now, we, Brendan and I both got tested today um, for vaccinated individuals. You we had get, the
1: drive-thru. You got the sweet yeah, life.
0: Yeah, I, I was stunned by that. Um, yeah, Shocked. <laughs> I was, like, getting ready to park my car and get out, and they're like, oh, no, you go through the drive-thru. Um, While well, well, us peasants waited in line. Yeah, I know. I felt <laughs> way out of place, to say the least. But um, we get tested once every two weeks right now. So I think if you're vaccinated, that's what you're, you know, under. It's like the PJ Tour guys, if you're vaccinated right now, which this is what I hate about John Rahm being out of the Olympics, you don't get tested. I think you get tested once every three months. Mm. John Rahm got tested because he's in the Olympics, and that's different, you know, drug, doping, all all, all of those things in there. Um, the other thought I had was what does this do to your locker room? This is a locker room right now that Chris uh, gave the number uh, over 60%. Have at least one shot. So, boy, sounds like an Eminem lyric. Um, one opportunity, right? Right. I'm. Th- you know, that's that's my go to song to get you pumped up. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, go to. Are 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 you the type of dad that has to put on lose yourself to go rake leaves? Um, like, if so I've I'm got about a big rake, rake leaves, if man. I've got
0: a big rake job coming, I, I will maybe put on repeat, throw in a little till I collapse, by Eminem, and just you know, <laughs> you never know. Fall in Indiana, you, you, you never know what you're gonna get leaf wise. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, over sixty percent that breaks down to about thirty-ish players are currently unvaccinated. That's a big number on a ninety-man roster. I think the NFL came out with their info today, and they had it at eighty-three percent of players currently have one shot. So the Colts are certainly very, very low compared to the rest of the league. I asked Chris just the question that I knew he wouldn't be able to answer, but you never know with him. I just simply said, why, Mm -hmm. why we, I get so many Twitter questions and we'll get to one of them. I'll kind of combine them all together. I don't want to spend gobs and gobs of time on COVID, but we have to right now with the head coach testing positive. Why does a team full of high character individuals seemingly They've chosen not to. You know, that, that's a question I get time and time again through to Chris Bauer today, and the only question he didn't answer really mm. today. And, and it's not like he just said, you know, no, stupid question. He's like, you kind of felt, I don't know about you, Brennan, but he kind of felt like, I wish I knew. Like, I, 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 I don't know. That's, and he kind of shrugged his shoulders. They had an hour-long meeting, players, staff members back earlier in the summer, people on both sides of the fence, pro-vax, anti-vax. Everyone talked, called it very respectful said a few more players have gotten vaccinated after that meeting. Um, but I think there are some guys really firm in the sand yeah. in this. And, and that's what worries me because how do they react to the Reich thing? Now, Ballard, I thought, had the great counter to it. He goes, this Reich thing, it's the perfect example to get vaccinated. How old is Frank Reich? Will you, will you look look that up? I, I, I don't know, 55, 60, something like that. You've got a guy in Frank Reich 59. that... 59. 59 is Frank Reich. I mean, I know... Two people that, uh, unfortunately, I was close with that similar age groups passed away from COVID, um, very similar to that age group. And I would like to think very healthy individuals as well, as Frank Reich, of course, strikes me. So you have got a guy that is asymptomatic and doesn't appear to have passed it to anyone. That, I think, is what Chris Bauer is saying. This is the benefit to getting the vaccine. Like, okay, yes, you guys are 23 and 25-year-old individuals, whatever, but do you not surround yourself with older individuals that could be higher risk to whatever, going to the hospital or being symptomatic, all of those things. So, Ballard turned it on that. I'm just afraid of, do you have people in that camp that are like, Mm -hmm. hey, uh, you can still test positive even when you're vaccinated? So, that is, I guess, a storyline to keep an eye on there. Um,
1: I mean, he made a point, too, that us as the media will figure it out after a while who is and who is not. Right. He said that verbatim. Yeah,
0: and um, I get the question frequently. Okay, who's vaccinated, who's not on the team? There are very prominent players in this football team that are not vaccinated. That, that's about as far as I, I, I can go with that. Um, Chris mentioned something along those lines today. I think he used the term leaders. There are leaders that are. There are leaders that are not. I mean, there are big-time players that I, I'm pretty sure are not vaccinated. Some I know are not vaccinated. There are also some very prominent players that are. So um, you would like to think your locker room can have a respectful conversation about it and move on and be ready to play the game of football. Um, obviously, you worry about just the trickle down effect of I don't worry too much about forfeits and like the crazy stuff we saw last week, you know, from the NFL. What I worry about is just do you get a Tennessee situation from last year where you're missing Jonathan Taylor, DeForest Buckner, and Nico Autry for a game because of a close contact mm. or an asymptomatic po- Like, that's what you worry about. In the NFL, man, the league's so driven by parity. This isn't one of 162 in Major League Baseball, this isn't one of 82 in the NBA it's one of 17 and every single game matters, especially your team that has a real division rival that has won the division and you lost it last year on a tiebreaker. You know, when you think about that you think about how precious games are in an NFL season, I think that's what would concern me on that front. So Mm. we'll see how it all plays out. Um, You know, Chris is pretty adamant that the vaccinated unvaccinated debate wouldn't impact roster cuts. I, I think if, you're pretty even on roster cuts and one player's vaccinated, one player's not, you're gonna keep the vaccinated player. You just don't wanna deal with that 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 bullshit, frankly. Um and I also think you have to acknowledge this. Those protocols for, again, vaccinated players and unvaccinated, they couldn't be more different. I mean, you're talking about we're testing once every two weeks. You're talking about vaccinated unvaccinated um players, staff members, they're gonna have to test every single day. I mean that's hundred and I don't know, I have no idea how long the NFL season is, but let's say 150 some test versus 20 or, or something like that. And then um, I think the, the fines for protocols as well are very high. You yeah. know, if they catch you with your mask down or something like that, you know, they're going to find you and whatnot. So it is, um, it's equally
1: fascinating and maddening at the same time. You made the comment a couple of times on air that like, it is, it's so true. That's the difference between being an active and a pledge and a fraterni,ty right? It truly yep. is, and as a former pledge, I can attest to that it's like going to get your study hours signed when you're a pledge by an active brother, making sure you oh you have a, you have your mask on, you have everything you need for today. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's being in the frat and and you know being the sober driver for you know the biggest party of the year. I mean that's exactly what it is right now. So we'll see how all that plays out. Again, I, I do want to focus. I don't think it'll be a huge storyline in the sense of forfeits, decimating a team, things like that. But you could have these little individual storylines of like, you know, yes, Frank Reich is vaccinated. You get into a situation and you can't get back a little shorter if you're vaccinated versus if you're unvaccinated. But you do run into this little, okay, do you have a Titan situation? Like that's, I think where your worry is. If you are unvaccinated and your girlfriend tests positive, you're close contact and you're out for that game that's the harsh reality of where you're at. So I don't want to spend any more time on it unless you got anything else you want to add on that. I feel like we've already spent
1: more time than I wanted to on it. But I mean, last thing for me is you kind of attested to this earlier. If Frank Reich's not on the field for Wentz's first four practices, I mean, do you think COVID as kind of a cloud over the season, is that going to be a big enough distraction to get him back to where he needs to be?
0: Yeah, I don't... I don't want to, like... That That was my first thought. Um, I don't want to act like it's a major, major storyline. But I think we all need to realize, and listeners of this podcast have certainly heard me say this over the past few days, few weeks, how much I think the preseason is important for Carson Wentz to get playing time. Like, I'm putting a lot of stock into the Carson Wentz I'm going to see over the next three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. I think Carson Wentz is putting a lot of stock into that. He knows he's got to re- rebuild himself Now... Has Frank Reich made the message crystal clear to Marcus Brady and Scott Milanovich and whoever else? Yes, but we know Carson Wentz. I think calling him stubborn is honestly a fair word to use. His stubbornness means that he really trusts Frank Reich more than anybody else. So just not having that voice. And you get your first full pattern practice on a Saturday, and if that doesn't you know, th- those are just some of the out some of the outside the box sort of thinking that, oh boy, like that's some of the stuff. Again, just is strictly off the top of my head driven back from Grand Park and just stuff that I've thought about of like, it's not ideal. Like, is it game breaking? No. But are you taking away a very respected, trusted voice for? And now, is it one thing where Frank Wright can dial up Carson Wentz? And I mean, who knows? Like, are we talking about sideline? Like, you know, Carson (laughs) comes over in between 11-on-11 sessions and Frank says something. Who the hell knows? But uh, it's not ideal. Here's a question. That's where we're at.
1: Here's a question, though. If, which I agree with you, the preseason is going to be a great look at Wentz. But let's say that Wentz needs more time than anticipated in the preseason to get locked in. Does that hurt Jacob Eason?
0: Uh, Maybe, but like, I'm of the point of like, you give Carson Wentz the 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 chunk of playing time I've talked about—a quarter week one, a half in week two, into the third quarter week three. I mean, you can still play Eason two full quarters in some of those games like yeah Sam Ellinger should go out there and play a little bit but like no I I, I think I'm not talking about Carson Wentz needs to play the whole preseason game or anything like that but I just think he needs to get notable reps so mm-hmm. I think in three preseason games you got enough time to balance out both of them but it is something to note uh I'll I'll end with this Chris uh, well I guess Let's just move on. Um, (laughs) No more. Yeah, enough. Enough. It it just – I hate talking about it, but you have to. Darius Leonard will not participate at the start of camp. Um, Ankle procedure in early June. Uh, Nothing major. Just sounds like something that they're going to monitor with him. Kind of was nagging him. He participated in the spring of those two days we saw him out there in the spring. I think it's a huge opportunity for EJ Speed. You know, to me, outside of quarterback, no position. And this is not even debatable in my mind. No position has – Uh, less proven depth than linebacker so huge for ej speed i think Zaire franklin's maybe that third linebacker but um i really think that um a great opportunity for ej speed here marlon mack paris campbell kamoko Ture, all good to go eric fisher dayo adangbo on pup nothing real updates there you know he wouldn't commit to them being on the 53-man roster but I feel like if you know you put a gun to his head, he probably thinks they're going to be on the 53-man roster. I know that's a bit harsh, but um, we'll see on you know when those guys will actually get back. For Rob Windsor, who went on IR, his season mm. is over. I know there was some debate about that. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, awful for him. I thought he had a few moments last year during camp. Hip surgery for him. I do think that's a deep position, though, defensive tackle. So, nothing to... Um, You know, not too damaging for the team there.
1: Well, that was something you – to Fisher, that was something you talked about on the morning show today with Jeff and Joe. They asked you, you know, if he does need to miss the first, let's call it four to five weeks, what do the Colts do? And, I mean, Ballard sounded pretty confident today that his rehab was going according to plan.
0: Right. And, and again, I just have never felt like he'd be on Pup. Now is he going to miss a few games? Potentially. But, I mean, Pup means you're out six weeks. I mean, that's – (laughs) That's a long time. So I don't think we're there. Um, I asked Chris uh, a question about position battles. I really appreciate his candidness on that. You know, defensive end, we've talked about, I think both those starting jobs are open with Pay. you know, seemingly being one of them. And uh, he mentioned that. He also said depth in the trenches. He mentioned left tackle without Fisher. And I was surprised how much he mentioned wide out. That really stood out to me. Um Boy, it's to me, it's obvious your top four. And again, let's not even throw an order on this for now. Pittman, Hilton, Campbell, Pascal. Like, that's pretty obvious to me. I mean, Zach Pascal does a lot of stuff for you, and he plays a whole lot. You know, Chris, Rivers
1: ended up loving
0: him. Yeah. And I mean, Andrew Lux l- yeah. loved him. I mean, this is not something that, you know, It's just one quarterback thing, this is a multiple thing. And, you know, Chris said there are some young guys that they really like. So Desmond Patman, Mike Strawn, and good news for those guys. And, I, boy, I'm going to be locked into that to yeah. see how much they do push that top four. Because, to me, that top four is pretty entrenched uh, with that. Uh, he also talked about kicker. You know, I've been trying to stress to people for weeks now, Eddie Pinheiro, it's a real competition. And, you know, Chris said that. You know, he's a real talented guy, and it's definitely a competition there. So. Um, We'll have an article up on the site tomorrow, Tuesday morning, about the position battles. Um, I think that really covers everything. Anything else, Ballard-wise, stand out to
1: you, BK? It should be a competition, at least from a kicker's perspective. I filled in with Jay Cook on Dockich not too long ago, and I asked you that same question of everybody should have a sense of competition, right? If this is going to be as physical of a training camp as they're alluding it to be, because you asked about earlier the light spring... If this is going to be as balls to the wall as people think it is, everybody should add a little bit of heat on them, right?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think everybody should be, um, you know, this is a football team that you're trying to win the division, get in the playoffs, make noise. Like, unfortunately, last year, your kicker, while he did really well replacing Adam and Terry, he also missed two monumental kicks to win a division and potentially win a playoff game as yeah. well. Whereas Buffalo's rookie kicker goes out there and bombs two in and you lose that game. So that's where I just think it's fine unless you got Justin Tucker or Harrison Bucker or whoever else you want to throw yeah. in there.
1: Well, you brought up a great point too about Pinera so Pinero is that he is kicked in less than ideal conditions. Right. Well, Rodrigo Has had the benefit, and that's to me. It's not necessarily obviously
0: you're going to be kicking in pretty ideal conditions when you're the Colts kicker. Like I'm totally (laughs) acknowledging that, but that could mean that Pinheiro's numbers in Chicago will look even better had he kicked inside of Lucas Oil Stadium and played in you know played in Houston Stadium and and things like that. Um, You know, stat-wise, going into the whole percentages versus his one year in Chicago versus Hot Rods one year in Indianapolis. Um, let, let's switch over to the Ursae thing. It sounds like contract sto- uh, negotiations are ongoing with Darius Leonard, Brain Smith. Uh, you know, Chris was asked, I thought, a great question today about, you know, what's your response to people saying you don't pay linebackers, those type of money. I mean, he's pretty much like, you just pay great players, point blank. Like, you know, I, I don't care what position they are. You just pay them. So sounds like the expectation is before the start of the season, something will get done there. Um, Jim Irsay, extremely high on this defense. I mean, ridiculously high. And and I know Jim Irsay can be, you know, beyond hyperbole at times. Um, I I just, to me, the proven pass rush is what worries me about this defense. Like, I I can't go there um, on that. You mentioned how excited he is for Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz is in a great place. I think, you know, we're— we're so into this Carson Wentz of what he did in Dallas and you know what he's done with guys in the off season of like it's kind of time to take the final you know you you studied and you've crammed and you feel like boy I'm in a great spot and the practice test I did well and like all this stuff and it's like you know sharpen the number two pencil and let's go you know it, it's it's getting to that point with Wentz of like you know we can gush and gush and gush and the honeymoon period is gone well well uh you know you just had your first kid and now you know you've gotten fired from a job you know like now you gotta throw adversity <laughs> at him um so yeah those are a few or say comments there's a notebook up on our website if you guys missed that that i wanted to briefly mention there do you watch breaking bad i don't did you yeah. ever try and watch the first season Oh, boy, I would have to ask my wife. I'm so bad on uh, shows. I have a
1: point. It's a point. Okay. But uh, go ahead because 95 percent of our audiences watch Breaking Bad. Uh, okay, because the first I have not watched any season other of Breaking Bad other than season one. It is the longest, most boring start to a television show I've ever watched in my life. That that's the this is the Colts' offseason. Yeah, it is the season one of Breaking Bad. It's the longest, drawn out five, six months, It just with the big things that happened from the playoff loss in Buffalo, Rivers retiring.
0: Costanzo retiring.
1: Costanzo retiring. Signing Wentz. Can't talk about Wentz. Finally can talk about Wentz. Draft. Done with draft. And now this elongated summer. This has felt like the longest thing, KB. It,
0: it really has. And I keep on going back to what Chris said after the presser ended of never a dull moment. There's literally never been a dull moment. And I, I'm sure every NFL team could say that to a degree, obviously covering Green Bay and Houston right now would be D. interesting in their own right. But, yeah, I and that's why I love training camp. Like, I am so giddy for Wednesday. And, like, you know, with my job, like, I'm not this diehard, cult, I'm not, you know, whatever, tuba guy or painting my chest blue or Cloney Dungey or wh- whoever going to Grand Park. But I'm just excited to get some answers and start to kind of build new sort of – Thoughts and you know opinions and see concrete things yeah. and you know watch them against the against the Panthers in the joint practices, watch the preseason games, and then obviously the schedule speaks for itself right out of the gate. So my excitement is bubbling right now to finally. As much as I love July for family time and playing a little bit more golf, uh, this the,
1: this this gets me going, man. So how about like I'm pumped listening to applause and clapping. Right. Again, on fans. a football field.
0: Yes. Fans. I know. I, I could not agree more with that. I, I hate watching, I, I love watching the Olympics, but I hate oh, watching it without dude. fans.
1: That that you know? swimming would have been the U.S. winning gold in the four by one hundred relay would have been so cool with right. fans. Right, right. just that's you, the coolest race ever. You Feel the buzz,
0: yeah. you know, especially in the relays. But you know, you always feel the buzz and feel that excitement. And I know NBC's doing everything they can, try to involve the families, which I think is cool. But you know, it's a little bit awkward at the same time. Uh, Michael Phelps doing his best. Tony Romo can, can only get me, you know, going so so much. So yes, I do like fans. Phelps though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. I, I think he's been a great analyst. I wish he would do more. Uh, to be honest with you, so uh, yes, get fans back in the building. I can't wait. And obviously, get fans at Grand Park. I can't wait for that as well. All right, should we do Twitter questions? Let's do it. All right, man. You throw me. Um, you throw me the first one. All uh,
1: right. You kind of answered this, but to fully. Give your thoughts from Jason. In light of the Fred Warner huge deal, is 19 million a year justified for a linebacker? Chris Ballard touched on that earlier.
0: Yeah, you know, I think justified is a great word to use. Um Yeah, justified. Like, you know, Darius Leonard is, is probably has certainly earned to be paid the most of any linebacker in the NFL. But again, is it justified? That's that's a fascinating debate. Um, I guess a lot of it it depends on. Your philosophy of roster building, and then also I think we have to acknowledge your philosophy of this defense. In this defense, Darius Leonard is Derek Brooks, and that might seem like high praise. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Darius Leonard is on his way to having an exact Derek Brooks type career, but you have to have a great will linebacker in this defense that finds the ball, and the Colts have that in Darius Leonard. So to them, he is that is justifiable. Now, if you ask Bill Pulling or Ryan Grigson. They'd say no. They're not paying linebackers, that type of money. I mean, they're going to they're gonna let those guys walk. Um, again, this all goes back to your roster building and your approach of all that. Um, now, I brought it up last week, and I just want to reiterate it. If you're going to pay Darius Leonard this amount of money that you're about to pay him, which, again, I think he deserves it. Now, justifiable? I don't know. I think he deserves it. You've got to get more ball production than he gave you last year. Three sacks, zero picks. Yeah, not horrific numbers by any means, but not for 19 million. So the expectation through the roof. Here I am pointing to the roof. What's the Michael Jordan quote? The ceiling is the roof, or whatever the hell he said that one time.
1: <laughs> That's I, that still doesn't make sense. To no,
0: me, d- it doesn't make sense, and I don't mm-hmm. think I, I made sense saying it out loud. <laughs> you have got to have more from him. A little bit more on the rundowns. A little bit more as a leader. He, he's given you so much, but. When you send that contract to that guy, he signs the dotted line, you're expecting more. All
1: right, KB, from Trevor. Bowen Bossman was wondering if you could look up some of Rivers' 2020 stats from last year and predict whether Wentz will have better or worse numbers. I've got the stats for you right now. Okay. Phillip Rivers in a Colts uniform, completion percentage of 68%. That's the best since Peyton Manning in 2009. (gasps) 4,160. What? I mean, I try, man. Yeah. That's 4169 yards through the air, 24 TDs, 11 interceptions, keep in mind a lot of those INTs came early when people were really starting to give up on them. Got sacked 19 times. Um, so what, what you Trevor's saying total asking? yardage 4169 yards for 24 yeah. TDs. I'm going to say
0: completion percentage will go down a little bit. You know, that, that's a pretty high number that, that, that Rivers has there. I mean, he was there. great, man. Yeah, and a lot of that's quick rhythm. A yeah. lot of that's just kind of shorter underneath routes. I do think you'll have more big plays in the passing game. That TD-INT ratio, you said 24 to 11? Yeah. That's not a great, great ratio. It's not a bad ratio. I, I You know, it wouldn't stun me if you got a, like a 30 to 14. That sort of thing, just a few more. You know, touchdowns can be such a finicky thing. You get in the red zone, you're like, oh, yeah. And instead of handing off to Jonathan Taylor or Quentin Nelson, we decided to throw it, and boom, you score a touchdown. I throw a shovel pass, and it counts as a touchdown.
1: He only had two interceptions in his last six games, including the playoff game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's mean Gosh, he played
0: so well late in the year. I, I think you'll see a lot of hidden stuff in the box score, BK, that won't show up. You're, yeah. you're going to have a lot of just kind of off-script stuff that you really got to dive into to fully grasp his impact. So yards, maybe a tick higher. Let's go completion percentage, a tick lower. Touchdown INT, I think, will be a little bit closer together. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a great season or an awful season. I, I think there will be a good amount of just kind of hidden stuff that Carson's got to give
1: you that maybe Phillip didn't. Do you think they'll use, this is a question for me, do you think they'll use Naheem Hines with Marlon Mack healthy? you think they'll use Hines more as a receiver? I think, well,
0: yes, but I just think Hines, there's a bare minimum of 10 touches a game that Naheem Hines needs. Yeah, Like, flat out, there's a bare minimum of, I don't care if Marlon Mack's healthy, like, I don't care where you're at. um, Like, that is an absolute must to me of, he needs that. So I've talked about it before. You know, 20-ish carries for Taylor, a series or two for Mac, 10 touches for Hines. I don't know if that really works, but it kind of sounds good to
1: me. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Game flow changes week to week, but that's what I'd be rolling with. IKB, this is from Brian. It seems this season more so than others, uh, There's a, there's a lot of ifs. If Paris Campbell can stay healthy, if T.Y. can still be a deep threat, if Wentz will work out, if they win a playoff game, on and on. What if Eason outperforms Wentz? I know he hasn't played much, but it seems like he is very hungry to get out there and earn his spot. We all found out how Wentz felt like last year with a rookie pushing him and Jalen Hurts. What if Eason does it again? Can the Colts temper Eason's competitiveness in favor of a player with mental questions such as Carson Wentz? The Colts talk about competitiveness and how you can't fool a locker room. Does that go for the QB position as well?
0: So, a lot to unpack there. I would say to your if, you know, I mean, I would say every team sits here right now on July 26th, and it's ifs. And it's, I mean, what is Tennessee saying? If Derrick Henry stays healthy, if Bud Dupree makes an impact, like every team has these sorts of ifs. Uh, now, are the Colts ifs at some pretty important positions? Yeah, that's that's extremely fair so this is if season um to your point the whole quarterback debate you know honestly if Jacob Eason is seriously pushing Carson Wentz then I don't think Carson Wentz is the right man for the job like and if Carson Wentz is flustered by Jacob Eason pushing him he sure as hell isn't the right man for the job like the whole drafting of Jalen Hurts and how that impacted Carson Wentz you know I first off organizationally that action speaks out of the words it tells me a lot of what you think about Carson Wentz when you draft a QB in the second round and two if that guy can't handle it that guy isn't who you think I mean Tom Brady handled Jimmy G pretty well Hmm. and has handled it pretty darn darn well I mean that's that's where I kind of sit in that camp um Boy, I'd be shocked. I mean, I'd be shocked if all of a sudden Jacob Eason is pushing Carson Wentz to the point of we're starting to worry about, um, you know, exactly, you know, what Carson thinks of the backup QB. So
1: yeah, the if season right now. IKB, Sam chimes in. To his knowledge, the Colts haven't gone to another team's facility for joint practices during camp. It's been Detroit, Baltimore, Cleveland, and now Carolina coming here. Do you know why the Colts don't travel to do joint practices? Could it just be they don't want to be gone that long? Their facility at Grand Park is better or a multitude of things?
0: Well, I would say that last part, Sam, the multitude of things, I do want to get your thoughts on Grand Park because I believe that was your first time there.
1: Correct? For football, for, um, for, for, I, for, for football, Yeah. I'm not sure if I've ever told you this. I was the student manager of the Butler Men's Soccer Team. Oh, and no, I had not. Yeah, so we practiced at Grand Park quite a bit, and then we actually scrimmaged against IU one year. Very good at, on that same field, just by the Indy Eleven facility. Right. so uh, I love Grand Park. Yeah, I mean,
0: unbelievable complex <laughs> for so many sports, as you just mentioned there. Honestly, Sam, the bi- the the biggest reason is the Colts have had all those early home preseason games. Like, think about all those. All those teams you just rattled off, I think all of them, the Colts played at home uh, early in the preseason. The only road preseason game I remember the Colts having early in the year, they were at Buffalo a couple years ago and at Seattle. I think it might have been Lux's first game back. Uh, Deion Kane towards ACL is another thing that I remember about that Seattle game. But um, I just think they've had early home preseason games, and that's what you try to do. You try to pair up with the Thursday-Friday practice into that home Sunday preseason game, typically. Maybe a Saturday preseason game at times. But, uh, yeah, the facility is massive, and I think the off-site helps you as well. Like, you can just put them in a hotel, and everything's fine, and there's plenty of room at Grand Park for them to have a locker room and, you know, be able to you know meet, I think, if they want to meet there and things like that, so... I'd say facility, but also the home preseason schedule
1: help. Mm. Yeah, I've actually got two rings. I've got a ring as a student manager because we won the Big East my senior year, and then I've got the South Bend Cubs uh, championship ring for 2019. Look so, at that. So I, I, I'm going
0: to I'm gonna say not as gaudy as the Tampa Bay Super Bowl ring we just saw.
1: Uh, no, but actually uh, Andrew Berlin is the owner of the South Bend Cubs. Yeah. He's also a part owner of the Chicago Cubs, yeah. and he had say on the rings. He made them the same size as the World Series ring. Really? I'll bring it in sometime and Yeah, sure.
0: definitely. Oh, it's badass. That's dude. awesome. I mean, honestly, for— uh, it's a single-way baseball team. Right, right. I was going
1: to say, for a small professional sport team to treat it like that, I love them. Oh, man. it's badass. I'll bring it in. That's um, great. So here's Matt. He says, I know the start of every season brings hope and optimism. Taking COVID-19 out of the picture, July 2020 or July 2021, which year did Colts fans have more optimism? Thanks, as always, for what you do for Colts fans, KB. Well, thank you for that, Matt. I would say this
0: one Um you know, certainly the, there's been the question of can you win without luck, and now it's can you win in the postseason without luck. I I think you're, I think Colts fans hated Phil Rivers, honestly uh, this time last year. I just think there's a natural venom towards him, and I'm speaking for you know whatever, maybe just a a chunk of the fan base, but they're like, no, we don't like that guy. He whines, he beats us, you know all those things. Um, and he's never got over the hump. Whereas I think now, while you have questions about Carson Wentz. You're intrigued by the Frank Reich dynamic with him. You're intrigued by the long-term potential at quarterback as well. And I think any time a fan base has seen the skill players of Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman perform like they did last year, naturally you have a little bit more giddiness to you. So um, I would say this year more optimism
1: than last year. KB, we've got Sam number 2, and he's asking, he has a few over-unders for you that he would like you to touch on. Carson Wentz. We'll go one at a time. Okay. Carson Wentz over under 3,250 passing yards. Over. Yeah, I think pretty easy there. I actually agree. That's pretty light. Uh, Michael Pittman over under 8.5 receiving touchdowns. 8.5? Yeah. Man. Slightly under. I'll go with uh, go with 8. I think that'll be close. That's yeah, right on the money. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, Quiddy Pay over under 5.5 sacks.
0: Hmm. That's another good one. Um, I'll say under five. Yeah, I'm going to take just under. I'll go with five. I'm with you. It Uh, needs to hover around there, though. Yes. This team to really feel that rush needs to hover around there.
1: Darius Leonard over under 149 and a half tackle.
0: That's a pretty big number. You know, he's missed a couple games, I think, every year in his career. So I'm going to say under just really based off health. You know, I I think that, you know, if he plays 13 games, it's I mean— that's asking for more than 10 tackles a game. That's that's a lot. Uh, now without Anthony Walker, does he make a few more tackles? You know, who knows, but I'll go under there.
1: And I don't know about you on this one, but I'm hammering the over. Uh, Kenny Moore over under three and a half interceptions. They love takeaways. <laughs> they They, they, they love takeaways.
0: I'm so bad with interception numbers. Like, every time I th- I think that – because if you're a good corner, do they not throw at you? Yeah. Isn't that, like, theoretically? Now, he plays in the slot, so naturally he should get targeted to get him out. Uh, I'll I'll go with over. I'm not going majorly over. I'll say four. Man, mm. these are great over-unders. Uh, Terrific. I feel like I was torn on all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll go slightly over there
1: with Kenny Moore. Life's too short to bet the under, KB. Yeah, preach. Preach. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> my life. Here's Hank. Is there a certain player that you wish the Colts could have went after this offseason? Also, if I could add to it, Hank says, let's say the Colts signed Lawson in March... Would the Colts take pay at 21 or go with Derrissaw in the draft?
0: Yeah. Um, so Hank kind of dialing back to March a little bit here. The, the two guys I frequently mention the most were Carl Lawson and Romeo Okora. Um This is a good question. You know, the whole pay versus Derrissaw debate. Because that was the debate the Colts had in the room. It was, do we go Quiddy Pay or do we go Christian Derrissaw? They went with uh, pay uh, really, I think, because of character. Um, now, you know, will the Colts still take pay at twenty one to go out there? So i i I would have gone with Darius, but mm-hmm. like because I look at Lawson and Alcora and two reasons why or what, one reason for both of them that I was really attracted to them is they they're still pretty young, like you know twenty six ish, twenty seven ish. Um, they can help you for three to four years there. Um, that would be where I would be. Yeah, I don't know, just a little bit. I would be okay with having those two in their prime, but knowing how much Chris Bauer loves defensive end and defensive line depth, I could see him. You know, now maybe if he took a Dangbo in the second round, he'd still feel great. And then you know, you take Dariusaw. They basically looked at Dariusaw and just thought, you know, you're sending a message at 21 overall, and just and we talked about this in the days leading up the draft that lazy trait. That is a, like when you draft a guy at 21, you send a big message to your locker room. Colts haven't had many first round picks under Chris Ballard. That is the concern mm. um,
1: there. Pretty enticing question here, KB from Wake Spike. Hell of a name. Yeah. What do you think is more likely, Colts is a top five rushing unit or a top five defense?
0: Oh, I think top five rushing.
1: Yeah, to me, that's that. That's
0: honestly pretty easy. I do, I know Jim Mersey again, <laughs> beyond beyond bullish on his defense. Boy, I think top five rushing that that is almost like a um like even money sort of bet. Mm. I, I really think the run unit's gonna be that good. And I also am not I don't see the defense being top five. Like, you know, last year they finished, I think, tenth or eleventh in the NFL and you played the easy schedule in the NFL. So what happens now when you play, you know, theoretically, a, a tougher schedule? Um, have you gotten better on defense? I as much as there are guys making another year jump, we've talked about it. You're just so—Isaac un- Rochelle and Kamoko Turi, nine-and-a-half career sacks. So most sacks in the D-line not named force Spockner. Mm. You know, that's just—that to me is, wow, that's unknown. That's unproven. Are you going to commit more to the pass
1: rush? Are you going to play more man coverage? Um, so, yeah, to me, that one's pretty easy, top-five rush. Back to the rush from Adam. This interesting question, and I would kind of be sad if this happened. If Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry each miss the season, would the Colts or the Titans win the division? Boy, that's... Or would you even throw the Jaguars in there at that point?
0: Boy, that's doom and gloom. Um, both are going to miss the season. I think the Colts. Yeah. Man, I mean, Julio and AJ Brown are quite a duo, though. Yeah, I would say Colts. And the Titans lost a little bit more. You know, Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, and, and their defense saw some question marks. I just think the Colts, if you can get Marlon Mack and he's healthy and Naeem Hines, I mean, that's still a pretty good one two punch. I think the Colts can withstand that a little bit more at that spot than the Titans could.
1: KB from Z Palm Does newcomer Mike Strawn play special teams? Z-Palm feels like this is his only shot to make the active roster. He likes the different body he can give the wide receiver group, but he can also be a beast of a flyer down the field on punt coverage. Yeah, I don't think he did. You
0: know, when you play at that lower level, you know they're kind of like, dude, you did way too much for us on offense. You do not run out there on special teams. Um, and I also think we act like playing special teams is just something everybody can do. You know, it, Dude, you gotta have a screw loose. Maybe two or three screws loose to go run down and cover kicks. Uh, Have you watched any of the rugby in these Olympics? Yes. Well, last night, I'm up. You know, my 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 wife falling asleep. I'm laying there in bed watching these sevens. I guess that's what they call (laughs) it. I don't want to act like I know rugby lingo. I don't know. It's USA versus Kenya. Oh my god, those dudes! I mean, different breed, man. They can Uh, kick anybody's ass. Anybody's ass. I mean, it's just. Different breed times a million there. And I'm just like, this is like special teams without helmets on. And they're just going full blast there. Um, You know, Strawn, I mean, based off what you know, Chris Boward said today, you know, I feel like he thinks these young guys could do some pushing. Now, I will stress what I said earlier. I just think those fifth and sixth spots, you get a little bit more specialized there. Uh, but Chris clearly is high on them. So if they show anything, I think, here in the preseason, guys like Strawn and Patman, They might have a leg up, but um, to me, I I try to view your 53 a little bit more of, okay, who helps me out on game day? And unless they're really pushing for play time, I just am not sure they help you out as much as an Ashton Doolin, who I know it sounds crazy, but like if Ashton Doolin is able to down one punt at the two-yard line, that is the equivalent of an 18-yard gain. Instead of a touchback to the 20, that's 18 yards. Is Mike Strawn, as a fifth wideout, going to come in the game and catch two balls for 18 yards? I don't know. I, mm. Part of me says no. So I think that's kind of the debate you have.
1: Yeah, sevens or rugby is like if football. If you're somebody and you don't think football is violent enough and Jeez. you also don't want to be in the UFC, like I guess you're born into that. And it's that, fast-paced. And yes. it was wild.
0: Basically, we knocked it out of this Kenyan dude's hand as he was going for the try. And the next thing you know... With I didn't even know the game was almost over. It's like <laughs> 40 seconds to go, and we're running like a 90-yard try yeah. down the field, and great pitch, and Hughes, Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, that's a golfer, might not be, Madison Hughes, maybe something like <laughs> that. He's scoring for us, and then we went, and, and then, then they're like, oh yeah, and then we'll be back in five hours to play Ireland.
1: Right. I'm like, what the hell? I'd be like, I'd be done for a year. Have I mean, you ever watched? Have you watched any handball? That uh, sport is crazy. Yeah,
0: but I've seen a lot of people on Twitter. Yeah, you know, screaming about it's it. It's like so.
1: football, basketball, and hockey in one.
0: Okay. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, sounds like I need to carve out a little time. I, I would do that if I were you. Okay. Um, Randall chimes in. This is going to be a little long-winded, he okay. says. So we've got a ton of wide receivers to be. Hilton, Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal are absolutely the top four, as you said, KB. The other two presumably could be any of DeMichael Harris, Des Patman, uh, the rookie out of USC, Michael Strawn." or Aston Doolin, got to think Doolin makes five because of special teams, and I think, Randall says, he heard you say that on the podcast. For the last guy, who do you put on the 53? They don't need a specific name, but you do go with a Harris-type guy because he's more like a Shifty Campbell or Naheem Hines type of ball catcher, or do you go with another guy with a big body like Dez or Mike Schraun? Yeah,
0: that's... that's, um that's good debate you know i think that's what chris ballard internally he's got to sift through with bubba Ventrone, and your special teams coordinator of like what do you want out of five and six to me why i say to michael harris is because i worry about paris campbell's injury now jj nelson is a bit of a sleeper here you know i just posted the website on monday 53 questions for training camp which shows you how bored i was in july <laughs> But uh, one of them was you know, sleeper, sleeper to make the team. And Nelson is one of them. Just, you know, he's got a resume and who knows. Um, but I, I think all of that kind of factors into the whole waiver. You know, what guys do you think are going to make it through waivers? What guys do you think won't make it through waivers? Like those things are going to be part of your process as well. So before today, I probably would have said Doolin and, and uh, Harris after today, listening to Ballard they he Seems to be pretty high on a big guy. Mm. So now can the big guy help you out on special teams? I think that's something we're going to have to find out here over the next month.
1: I think you have Aaron Rodgers chiming into your podcast, as Ooh. this is from Aaron. Oh, boy. Do you think the Colts would have went after Aaron Rodgers rather, Rogers rather okay. than Wentz if they knew the situation with him in Green Bay was going to happen?
0: You know, my wife told me that Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick, one of their first dates was at a uh, restaurant right by the Monon, 54th and— uh, Mama Corolla's? No, that's that great sounds, spot. Right, that sounds like where I want to go for my birthday every year. Uh It's like a make-your-own pasta place across across from that, like a, a diagonal kind of. Um, oh, do you know where Diavola is? Yeah, the pizza place a little bit down from that. You mean Diavolo? Uh, did I pronounce it wrong? Yes. Okay.
1: I um, mean, I will forgive you. My grandparents are from Italy, so oh, well, if sure. I said Diavola, I would get. I mean, My ass whooped. My My Italian language uh, is non-existent, yes. so please correct me. From Diablo yeah. is a very spice, spicy pasta sauce. Got it. So Got it. I'm yeah. not, you will never need to know that in your life. No. Well, you, you never if, know. If, if If you ever get backed into a corner, though, and some guys are trying to whoop right. your ass, yeah. and the only way to get out of there is to know if what I'm Diablo is. I'm in the back alley of Rome, yeah,
0: yeah I, I will certainly try to pull that out. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what the place is called, but somewhere
1: in that strip mall area there. <laughs> yeah, I know so. what you're talking Okay, so uh, give it, should the Colts have gone over? Uh, have gone to get Aaron Rodgers, knowing what they know now?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, would the Packers have wanted the kind of latest round picks? I think that's the debate. You know, the Packers seemingly, if, and it sounds like Aaron Rodgers is going to play for Green Bay this year, if he was available, I don't know if they would have just been like, oh yeah, we'll take a bunch of you know picks that could be you know late teens, twenties, um, you know, I. I I think I've said it before on this podcast. People have heard it. I, I do think if the Colts knew that Justin Fields is going to fall out of the top ten, I think they would have moved up for him. That's you know kind of a slightly educated guess, but a little bit of my gut talking there. Um, yeah, I just can't see Green Bay taking Rodgers for late late round picks. I don't know. Maybe they look at Jordan Love and they say he's the guy. I know there's a lot of inter- I know there's a lot of back and forth. I feel like I'm bringing up Jordan Love again. I don't think the Colts were ever that serious in the Jordan Love camp. I think mm. they were really thrown off by the as much as the Colts are open um, and don't cross guys off the board for uh, marijuana type offenses in college. I think the fact that before you know, forty eight hours before your bowl game, you get pulled over for that that uh, that really rubbed the Colts the wrong way when thinking about this could be our you know franchise QB. KB, you know I'm a hockey guy,
1: yes. and we got a hockey question on your football podcast oh boy. from Eric. Is this you under a pen name here? Uh, I think so. Uh, so the Seattle Kraken just had the NHL expansion draft, the second in a few years as the Vegas Golden Knights came in in 2017. And now the Kraken are the 32nd franchise in the National Hockey League. Did you watch the expansion draft at all? Oh, boy. I, do you know I, the rules? I have a life. Um, so. Come on. <laughs> <No> <laughs> I, you I, don't. You wrote 53 things about the Colts going into the yeah, season. <laughs>
0: you are right. I, I do not have a life. That was one of the bigger lies I've told in this podcast. I, I kind of vaguely remember how the Texans expansion draft went, but not really, so brush me up. So
1: here. in the NHL, a team is allowed to protect seven skaters and one goalie, and some teams— you can just do it. You can protect seven skaters. Skaters are forwards and defensemen, and you okay. can protect one goalie. Got but it. you can also protect—you you have the second option to protect four forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie. Okay. So Eric is asking you, in honor of the Seattle Kraken NHL expansion draft, name three offensive, three defensive, and one specialist on the Colts— that you would protect right now from the NFL expansion draft. Oh, wow. Okay, three
0: offense, 3D, three and one specialist? Yes. Okay, uh, offense, give me uh, Pittman. One. Nelson, Braden Smith. Wow, nice. Should I go Wince or no?
1: I don't think so. Okay.
0: Defense, I'm going to Forrest Buckner. Yep. And uh, Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore. Would you throw Julian Blackman at that? Yeah, there? he was kind of the fourth. I, I just think corner means a whole lot as I drop my wedding ring. Um yeah, I think corner <laughs> Sorry, means a honey. Whole lot. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I'm gonna go Kenny Moore on that. But I mean I certainly thought about Blackman. One specialist? Mind. Oh, um Rigo. Rigoberto Sanchez.
1: Rigoberto. That's yeah. yeah,
0: that's good. That's that that's a good question, Eric. I that's like a great that. question. God, it feels like forever since we've had an expansion team in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, it has been a long time, but like Here's that would be wild—an expansion draft in the league. Where would you put a team right now if one city had to get a team?
0: Ooh, um, you know, part of me does want to see a team in London.
1: Really? Yeah. Do You does. think that
0: would work? I, I don't know if it'd work, but I think it's kind of fun to grow the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, I know I'm probably in the minority of people that listen to this podcast. I would like that. Uh, I, I, I thought St. Louis—you know—they kind of got robbed there. I thought Stan Kroenke kind of did them wrong. And I've got a little family in St. Louis, so maybe that's a little bit of bias coming out. I mean, where else? I mean, San Antonio.
1: Yeah. Uh, Port-
0: Portland. I mean, like, where are you putting? a—
1: I mean, you could you could like pull like a Vancouver Grizzlies.
0: Yeah. Vancouver's Toronto. a great sports. Yeah, you know, I think there's always been a debate about Toronto, but there's a Buffalo. I love Toronto. Course. What
1: about putting one in SEC country? Interesting. Put one in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. That I mean, they'd sell out every game. Right, Those I mean, tailgates would be. Yeah. Primo. I mean, you
0: don't have an NFL team from what? New Orleans to Georgia? Atlanta? I guess. That'd be cool. You know, maybe Jacksonville?
1: Last one, KB, from Steve. He says he hopes you and the fam are well. I
0: appreciate that, Steve. Thanks to you and all of our listeners and their families.
1: Question for the pod. How concerned are you about the low vaccination rate on the Colts? We had key players miss key games last year, as you alluded to, in that Tennessee game due to contact tracing and COVID, and margin for error seems to be slim if this happens again. What do you attribute to the Colts being at the bottom of the vaccination rates while other teams have a much higher rate?
0: Yeah, I guess we started with it. We should probably end with it. I, Steve, I don't have a great answer for you on, on what I attribute to the Colts. being. Not even Ballard does. Right. Um, I'd say this. The Colts have a lot of high-character players. I think the Colts have a lot of thinkers inside that locker room. Um, now we can argue about if the thinking that – You know, some of the people in that locker room are doing is is the right thinking, but um, I I just think that's where we're at right now. And not to get into like this whole COVID debate, but I just do think this Delta variant clearly is impacting some people that are vaccinated. So um, I I do think numbers are rising. And it, it seems interesting to me, Brendan, that athletes put so much into their bodies. And maybe it's because of the Olympics, but it's much more prevalent to me right now. But you have sacrificed your entire freaking life for this, that the COVID vaccine is something you're not willing to put. And again, I'm, I'm probably, clearly I am vaccinated based off those comments. Um, but it just I don't know, it's just a bit head-scratching to me on why you wouldn't. Because I think for a majority of these players, like you're putting your future in the NFL at risk. And again, maybe they might come back and say, hey, long COVID could, you know, you could, g- I, I don't even know what the, what the great is. It screws with is. some
1: people. I mean, yeah, it, it,
0: just, it just seems like it, it's, it, it's quite the risk to take because as much as GMs are going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, whoever wins the roster spot, wins the roster spot. That's a bunch of BS. Like, you aren't going to take that risk. And if your chances of getting COVID or whatever, you know, X amount of percentage better if you're um, unvaccinated versus vaccinated, I just don't think GMs are going to take that risk. So um, now, having said that, the Colts numbers are rising, like, and that the guys are getting more vaccinated because why? Because you threaten to take away their money. <laughs> it's like yeah. threatening teams to take away draft picks. That's the real story. You, you, oh, you're, you're going to tell teams, oh, it doesn't matter. You're going to take away, you know, whatever financial implications, whatnot. No, no, no. When you threaten them with their draft picks, that is, I think, when you really start to get teams. Oh boy, we need to stop spy gating or deflate gating or whatever. Same thing with players. When you threaten their money, um,
1: yeah. When money comes up in any case, right? It, it oh, I mean, that could for be anything. COVID. It could be yeah. You know, and league, this league looks for reasons to
0: replace you. That's just the reality of the business. They're looking for, and, the, and if you give them a reason, right or wrong, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. I know a lot of people have asked, will we know? I, I think we will know. I know the Steelers are literally, they have players that wear yellow wristbands if they're uh, unvaccinated, I believe. I don't know if it'll be that blatant, but I think we'll know. And honestly, part of me thinks the Colts want us to know. They, they might not come right out and say it but they might do something in practice because they think the peer pressure mm. could potentially, I don't know, maybe I'm spitballing there a little bit there, but I just think well your internal peer pressure team success if you get if you test positive it could lead to the team being hurt. It's that th- that pressure and then your professional work environment pressure. That we've talked about throughout this podcast is just your sanity at work is going to freaking suck. Like It'd be like me going downstairs and having to work out of the MS gym <laughs> all day while you guys get out of the break rooms and yeah. you guys get to come into these studios and like things like that. Like that's that's almost how it feels with some of these protocols.
1: It's like what you just said the Colts maybe trying to pressure them in the taking. It's like when you get kicked out of the classroom when you're in 5th grade and the teacher tells you to go sit by the lockers outside in the hall hoping that the principal walks by to take you to his office and say, "Hey, what the, what, the, what the hell is going on here?" <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. It, it,
0: I think that is spot on. And, and I guess the, Last thing I'll say is like, if I have understood this correctly, it's pretty much the same protocols, if not more extreme, for unvaccinated individuals this year. That means you aren't leaving for your bye week. Yeah, you're not leaving for the four day break for Labor Day. You're not leaving for the extended, um, mini bye week. Can you imagine that? I mean, that <laughs> that stinks. I mean, that that right there. Again, I I, I know that I'm of one opinion or whatnot, but you guys send the questions i'll give my two cents and you guys can agree or disagree on it so um i really hope it's not going to be a storyline and and i don't think it's going to be that major of a team storyline i think we could have a couple individual cases but i don't think we're going to get into the forfeit anything like that I, i just i don't think it'll get that bad at all um so yeah anything on your end bk does that cover everything?
1: I think so. I mean, we we beat that like a dead horse. Yeah, we did. The so, but you got
0: to, you got to. I know. I, I part of me hates it, but I mean, hell, when the head coach tests positive, you can't you can't yeah. run from it. So hope there was a lot of uh, football specific content in there. This is our training camp preview pod. Again, we'll probably be back every five ish days throughout uh, training camp to cover things on that front. So. Uh, Brendan, I appreciate it, man. Uh, Go ahead and uh, tweet out your Insta, uh, mention your Instagram, not your Instagram. Mention your Twitter handle for those of you that aren't following. I you.
1: mean, I could toss in the Institute. Now, yeah, I was to, to say, Twitter's at BKingsports. The Instagram is at Brendan King show. Boom. And your social security while you're at it. Uh, so, yes, yeah. it so, is 5555555. There. Five, 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 there you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, a bright, rising, you guys have heard him <laughs> on our airwaves, but an absolute pro behind the mic, especially when it comes to the play by play world. So, you thank man, you for KB. hopping in. Here for Chris Presley. We'll be back uh, maybe later this week, maybe early next week. We'll see how that goes. But thanks, everybody, for listening to Kevin's Corner, and I hope you guys enjoy the training camp coverage.